We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Today's going to be a good day. It's going to be a great week. We have a brand new subject that we're diving into this week, and our theme is learning to hear the voice of God. And I may have mentioned before that I grew up in a softball family. Yeah, I think we've, we've covered that territory a time or two. Yeah, it was just a huge part of my childhood. And my dad often coached my teams, which was super fun. My mom would manage the teams. And I never got to play with any of my sisters because of our age difference. Right. But it was very much a family event that we did together. But I could be on the field with my eight teammates, you know, with a handful of teammates on the bench and parents lining the field with their, you know, lawn chairs, Mm -hmm. folding chairs and whatnot. And we could be in the heat of a moment of a game and I could hear my dad's voice. Like everybody could be screaming, you know, telling me what to do and cheering for their team and telling other people what to do, you know, and cheering for their team. And it could just be a loud, chaotic moment. But in the midst of it all, my dad's voice would just come like booming Mm. through like crystal clear. I mean, he's got some volume. We'll give him that, (laughs) you know, but I could hear my dad's voice and I could know what to do because that voice was the voice that I heard when after dinner, you know, reading the Bible to me. And that voice is the voice that said my first name and my middle name when he meant business. Yes. (laughs) And that was the voice that called me princess, you know, and invited me up onto his lap to sit with him and and Mm. watch a TV show or whatever the case may be. But I know my dad. And so I know my dad's voice. Everybody else could be yelling and I could hear my dad. And if this was especially important during these, you know, those critical game times you get, you know, it's the, the score is close. You get two on base, you know, and you're trying to preserve the game. Yeah. Pressure's on. Yeah. Pressure's on. And I would just listen for my dad's voice and he would just give me the wisdom that I needed in the midst of the chaos for the moment. And I didn't, you know, it'd be wonderful if in the middle of a softball game, you could just like hit this cosmic pause button, you know, walk over to my dad and say, dad, there's a lot going on right now. What do you think I should do? You know, just push pause (laughs) and have this private conversation. But that's not how it works. No, it isn't how it works. Although it seems like some uh, conversations between the mound and the and the catcher sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes they go on that way. You're like, what is going on yeah. in that conversation between them? Yeah. But I couldn't do that. And in the midst of all the noise, the pressure, the urgency, I knew my dad's voice and I could hear him instructing me on what to do. So I could hear him in the midst of the chaos. I didn't have to pause everything in right. order to be able to know what to do. I could just hear my dad's voice. And the point is obviously in the same way, when we spend time with God, we become familiar with his voice. We can learn what he sounds like so that in the midst of the chaos, you know, and the urgency and the confusion and the other voices that are coming at us, we can hear our father's voice mm. and know what to do. We need, you know, praise God for the moments that we can push pause and step away. And we need to have a regular practice of doing that. Right. That is an important part of it. Yeah. We need to nurture our relationship with God so that we can recognize his voice like a father. He is our father and we can recognize him and know what to do. Um, But life doesn't always allow us the opportunity to stop what we're doing. So Take those moments when you can to be alone with him, familiarize yourself with his voice. So then in the middle of it, when you need to hear 
what God has to say, you can discern his voice from the others. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Well, you know, Shauna, we were designed to be in relationship with God. You know, we read stories in Genesis how God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the afternoon. So, I mean, if nothing else, uh, that should tell us that we were designed to be in relationship with God. But, of course, when sin entered the world, that whole dynamic changed. And so the question is, how do we get back to to that kind of a relationship? Well, we may not get quite that close, at least not on this side of heaven, but we can hear God's voice. We do have that opportunity to have relationship. So the thing is, what do we got to work on so that we can hear God's voice? Well, first of all, the, the obvious answer would be, well, is there sin in my life? Is there something that I'm harboring in my own heart that's keeping the relationship from being there? And sometimes we're unaware. You know, the Bible talks about back when there were sacrifices that were required for sin. Yes. There were sacrifices for known sin and sacrifices for unknown sin. Right. Right. So the truth is there are times, you know, that we are walking through life and we're, there's sin in our life that we're just not aware of. And so that's one of those things that we actually have to sometimes be still and ask God. Is there a place in my life that you want to speak to that I'm not aware of right. that he can reveal to us? And of course, those are the obvious things, you know, like King David even said in Psalm 66, uh, verse 18 through 20, if I regard iniquity or sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He was confessing this out of his own life. And I think this Psalm was one that was written after his, his sin with Bathsheba. So I mean, he was obviously very much aware of the fact that that had put a big block in his relationship with God. You know, it's why confessing sin is so important. Uh, Not that we need to be saved again, you know, running down the aisle and doing all of that, because I've seen some people kind of get caught in that trap. But we need to acknowledge it, make it right, whether it's private sin between myself and God, or if it's a something that I've done against a member of my family, a friend, mm-hmm. whatever. We need, need to make that right. He says, he goes on in that psalm to say, God heard me. God heard my cry. Yeah. And it was because he got honest with God. So we need to be honest with him as well. So are we taking time out of the day really to get to know him? Now, here's the other thing I think we get caught in. We get so busy. We've got so many things that will demand our attention, whether it's our devices or just our schedules. I mean, I think before the electronic devices came along, we always thought, oh, there's always so much grabbing for my attention. If you're a parent, it's you having to take care of your kids, getting them to whatever things they're scheduled for. And that can get in the way. And when you tell people, you know, you need to set aside some quiet time, you know, I would love some quiet Right, time. right. I just don't <laughs> have it. I'm telling you, there are times in my own life as a mom where I had to get super creative about getting time with the Lord and mm. just re- being intentional about that relationship. I know mm. when the kids were little and they were in diapers, diaper time or changing diapers was prayer time. 
Hmm. I would pray while I changed diapers. And I put scripture up on my, um, posted it up by my kitchen sink because you wash hmm. your hands as a young right. mom. Oh my goodness, you wash your hands a million times a day. And so every time I wash my hands, I would just read through that scripture again and just different ways of connecting with him throughout the day because I... I did not have, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to sit uninterrupted with my Bible and my markers and a hot cup of coffee in the way that I prefer to do it. You know, on the other side, Sean, is I think some of us are just afraid of silence. We don't like silence. We want to have our time filled up with something. I mean, some of that, some of that's personality oriented. One of my daughters was one of these people who I used to say abhorred a void. She would be, it wasn't that she stuffed things into shoes and laid things on the couch because it was empty, you know. But then, and of course, as she got older, she was always involved in this and that and the other thing just about wore me out. Trying- oh, can I guess which one it was? <laughs> yeah. Was yeah. it Lisa? It was Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's a go-getter. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, again, again, you have to kind of discipline yourself to say, well, if I'm going to have a relationship with God, it's going to take, well, time. Yeah. You got to set aside that time for him. So, and here's the other thing. What are our motives for wanting to hear from God? Mm. Here's another thing we need to think about. Uh, sometimes it's just a selfish reason. You know, I'd really like to have a nicer car. Maybe the car I've got is all right, but I'd like to have a nicer car. I'd like to have a better phone. I'd like to uh, be able to travel more. I mean, th- I mean, some of these things in and of themselves aren't bad, mm-hmm. but it's the reason that we're asking for them. Yeah. Got to check our motivation a little yeah. bit and, you know, truly long to hear the voice of God because there are, we're going to talk about this later this morning, but there are other voices competing for his attention. Right. There are. And so, you know, here, here's the bottom line. We need to have some intentionality and patience through all of this. It's about making sure that we get quiet, whatever it takes to get quiet, to allow him to speak to us. Because if we take that time digging into his word and then allowing him to speak back to us, not trying to analyze what you just read, but just being quiet Mm -hmm. and allowing him to speak to us, we'll learn to hear his voice and then recognize it maybe when it interrupts the pattern of our day and says, hey, that person over there, I want you to talk to him. Yeah. That's it. You know, we want to be able to hear God's voice so that we can respond in obedience and be a part of his mission. We are talking this week about learning to hear the voice of God. And maybe you've you just come to believe that, yeah, you've heard other people say, I heard God tell me this or whatever. And I'm sure God speaks to people like that, people like pastors and, you know, ministry leaders or people who are up on the platform and do a lot of speaking. But God doesn't speak to everyone. That's not true. God does speak to everyone and he speaks to you. Yes, you. There are so many stories in the Bible about God speaking to people. He spoke to Hagar, and he showed her the well and he told her to go back where she to where she had come from. Um, he spoke with Moses through the burning bush. He spoke with Samuel. Samuel actually heard the audible voice of God. Mm. And Steve Long, senior leader of Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, says, in the Bible, God speaks through dreams, visions, pictures, 
the scriptures, prophets, his audible voice, angels, miracles, and even a donkey. (laughs) God is not limited in the ways that he can communicate with us. And Jesus himself said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. So if you belong to Jesus, you also hear from Jesus. And if you've never heard the audible voice of God, well, you're not alone. But God does speak to us. And here's how. 1 Corinthians 2 says, Nobody knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of that man. And likewise, nobody knows the thoughts of God, but the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. But in John 14, Jesus said, If you love me and follow my commands, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So the Spirit of God, who knows the thoughts of God, lives with you and in you when you give your life to God. So the thoughts of God come from within us. Mm-hmm. Because God's thoughts come from inside of us, I think it's pretty normal to ask, you know, how do I know? Yeah, how do you just separate the voice of God for perhaps from, well, your own voice that's good you're maybe trying to tell you what you want to hear. Right. How do I know if it's just me or if it's actually God, if it's coming from inside of me? Well, the things that God says are things that God thinks. So they're going to line up with who we know him to be. They're going to match his character. And if you're, what you're hearing sounds like, you know, your own thoughts, if it sounds like yourself, (laughs) it probably is you. And Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. His voice is having impact in our lives too. So if the thoughts that you're hearing are negative and they're destructive and they're accusing, well, that's the enemy. So we can discern if it's the enemy, if it's, you know, negative and destructive. Yeah, probably checking our own mood would also be a pretty good indicator of where we might be as well. Yeah. And the enemy, he is a liar. But when God speaks... It always lines up with the Bible. It lines up with his character and his actions. He is loving and kind and inspirational and wise and healing and convicting without being condemning. So the very best way to distinguish the voice of God is to actually know God. And the best way to know God is to be in God's word. Mm. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. And the, the word was with God and the word was God. So if you want to know today how to discern the voice of God, dive into God's word, get to know him there, and you'll be able to recognize his voice when he speaks from within you. Hey, I need to let you know that Todd Kreischel just stepped into the studio. I didn't <laughs> even think about it. Your bio has changed since the last time you were yes. here. So Todd Kreischel joining us for the conversation today. And what are you doing right now, Todd? Uh, right now, I just started in March a ministry called Escape Ministries as executive director there. And it's a ministry ministering to students and youth who've been expelled or suspended from school. Also, maybe struggling, falling through the cracks in normal societal things and just trying to help them get along graduate high school, learn how to work, um, take care of their bodies, but also get the opportunity to introduce them to Jesus. That's awesome. And so, yeah. I mean, the the whole, you know, coming alongside them and launching them at a critical time when lots of decisions are being made that yeah. seem directional, right? 
Absolutely. Because I know in my life, um, there was a critical time when I was entering high school. I could have gone one of two directions. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, Youth for Christ intersected my life and obviously set my life on a different trajectory. And our students are in such a crucial, it could go from suspended from school, juvie, jail, prison, Mm -hmm. very quickly, Mm -hmm. depending on the relationships they enter into. And so we have the opportunity to provide positive relationships through our programs because programs don't change people. People change people. So That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of that time in my life too. Just like I remember very much uh, hitting a fork in the road and like it it could go this way or it could go (laughs) that way, you know? Yeah. So that's awesome. And we're so glad that you're here this morning diving ah, into the conversation good about, yeah, good to have you back, driving into the conversation about hearing from God and specifically about this, the busyness and the noisiness and yeah. the chaos of life, right? Like how do we learn to hear God in the midst of all that's going on? Yeah. So I think we talked off air about a story uh, that I had heard a long time ago uh, about a, a, a Native American who was visiting a friend in New York City. And they're walking through the city. Uh, the friend is giving him a tour, letting him know where things are at. They're in Times Square. Cab noises, bus noises, cars, people, just noise all over the place. And uh, his, the Native American friend said, I hear a cricket. And his friend looked at him and says, you're crazy. You can't hear a cricket in the middle of all this noise. Mm -hmm. He goes, no, really. There's a cricket in that potted tree over there. And sure enough, they went over to the tree and there was a cricket in the tree. And his friend is like, man, that is a superpower. I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) You got to like market that. (laughs) And his friend said, no, it's really what you train your ear to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in the midst of all the noise, God is always talking. Mm -hmm. He's never not talking. And so it's about training our ear to hear in the midst of all of the other chaos and noise that's out there. Um, as I was driving in through his word, through prayer, through fellowship, um, we train our ear to hear um, the voice of God, even in the midst of all the noise that's yeah. out there. We just got a text from a listener sharing her own story of hearing mm. from God. She said she was frustrated when her husband was dealing with alcoholism. And so she cried out to God and she asked, why aren't you doing anything? And with tears in her eyes, she heard him saying, I am working on this. And instantly she just felt an incredible amount of peace mm. and excitement from hearing his voice, but also recognizing, you know, that he was working and she was not seeing his hand at work. But when we are frantic, I'm just picturing mm-hmm. this being a moment where you're frantic, you're not listening, yeah. you know, you're not training your ear to hear from God. Yeah. Absolutely. Because when we're worried or we're anxious or we're excited or our world around us is chaotic, it's, it can be difficult to hear that cricket mm-hmm. in the midst of all of that noise. Uh, but the great thing is God is always talking because mm-hmm. he loves us as his children and his Abba heart is always communicating that to us. And if we quiet ourselves, if we train ourselves, we will hear his voice no yeah. matter what's going on. Tell me a little bit about more about what that looks like, the, the training ourselves to be able to hear. I think uh, for me, it's been um, like saying no to stuff, um, uh, learning how to uh, put away some of the distractions that are around us because oftentimes we create the noise mm-hmm. in our lives. And so oftentimes it's about saying, I'd really love to do that, but I can't do that. Um, as Scott was mentioning earlier, having intentional times in the yeah. word, intentional times in prayer, um, intentional um, listening to Christian music. Because if you're listening to other noise, that's not the voice of God. You're not going to be able to hear his voice when he's speaking. So um, it's really about 
what matches with God's voice and then trying to align yourself with that. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, it's as those are the places through worship songs, through being in God's word, uh, Bible study, Mm -hmm. those intentional times, those are the places where we, the voice becomes familiar. Yeah. So that when there are a lot of other voices that are speaking, we can discern which voice is the voice of God because of the quiet times we spent listening and training our ear to be able to hear his voice. So we are talking about hearing the voice of God. And, you know, one of the aspects I think of, of hearing from God that's kind of new is we're kind of used to diving into our time with God, sharing the stuff that's on our hearts and not necessarily posturing ourselves to listen. Absolutely. Uh, I remember I was at Reformed Bible College and Dr. Shell, I was talking with him about my devotional life and he kind of drew a picture for me of uh, like God at the top, me there with the Bible open and prayer. And he said, what, what's it like when you just read the Bible, have a prayer and you just shoot out, you know, and you've done everything that you've shared on your heart with God. You've prayed your prayer. You've asked him the things that you want him to ask and you just head out the door. Yeah. He goes, I'd be like having a conversation with somebody and they never take the time to listen. Mm-hmm. How frustrating is that? Right. You just, I want to say something to you, but I just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. And I know for me, it's really hard because being still is hard for me. I know some people might find that hard to believe, but um, I always have to go yeah. <laughs> and to sit and wait to hear that response back um, can be hard. But just like in a conversation with somebody else, if I'm always talking, I'm never going to hear what the other mm-hmm. person has to say. Yeah. And that's the same in our relationship with God. And it doesn't, you know, when the conversation is always one way, it doesn't nurture intimacy. No. It doesn't nurture the relationship. It's just, you kind of feel like, you know, ah, it just <laughs> happened to me or at me. Yeah. But it wasn't something that I was engaged in or that I was a part of. And right. God's desire is, into, it is to engage yeah. with us. I remember, I think... Maybe the first time that I asked God a question and waited for him to answer, and he literally answered my question, you know, with a um, internally, and I'm not talking Mm. about an audible voice. I didn't hear something with my ear, but inside of me, I felt that an answer came that Mm. was not my own thought that, you know, wasn't my idea. It was specifically about um, a position at church. They were looking to hire somebody in our, at our church and I had been praying into it for months praying for the person, you know, and if they're coming from out of state and it's a big move, Lord be with, you know, the whole family that everybody is blesses everybody and just praying and praying into it. And at one point I had, I kept bringing this information forward to the search team. And uh, as I was praying, I would get different, I would see different pictures in my mind's eye or I would, you know, things would be heavy on my heart. And so I would share that and put that forward. And at one point um, I just, I had this sense that, I was supposed to meet with them, like sit down with a search team and share with them some of what was going on in my heart. And so it was a Sunday morning. I was getting ready to go to church and I standing in my bathroom said, God, am I supposed to meet with the search team? And I'm telling you, I, I, the, the response, the internal response from within me was, of course you are. Mm. 
just that simply, of course you are. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is not something I want to do. I'm nervous about this. You know, I, I don't know where this is leading, but I definitely sensed that it was God saying, yeah, Mm. move in this direction. But taking the time to wait, right? Yeah. So it'd be like me asking you a question. Hey, Shauna, what are you going to be doing today? See you later. I'm out the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, God, what do you want me to do today? What's what, what do you have me planned? What do you have planned for me today? And then just shut in the book and just heading out the door. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. So I wonder what it would look like for you today or feel like for you today in your time with the Lord, instead of having this, you know, rhetorical questions being shot at him or even just expressing your concerns without even asking him necessarily what he wants you to do or, or to speak into the situation. What would it look like for you to ask a question and then wait in the silence, listening for the voice of God? Part of, you know, hearing God's voice is being close to those who know God's voice. Absolutely. And uh, the one that knows the voice of God the best is Jesus. And so we were talking and I'm reminded of a story. Love Max Lucado. He has yeah, wonderful books, but he also has wonderful children's stories mm-hmm. that have um, wonderful truths that are contained in them. One of his children's stories has so impacted my life. It's the book, You Are Special. Mm. Max Lucado, there's a character in there by the name of Lucia, and I want to be her when I grow up. That is my plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great plan because she's a wonderful character. Yeah, she uh, basically, because she spends time with the father, other people are attracted to her, and yep. she has the opportunity to introduce them to him. To him. And yep. that's Sweet. that's the whole point. So one of his stories is called The Hope Knots, and it's a story of a king who has a daughter, and uh, people are vying for his daughter's hand in marriage. And so he says there's going to be a quest. So they choose three knights, the strongest, the fastest, and the wisest, and sets them off on a journey. But in order to go through this journey, they have to go through the forest of the Hope Knots, which nobody had ever entered and come out of. And so it's a huge journey, huge quest. And the king says, in order to guide you on your journey, Every morning and every evening, I will play my song from my balcony to help guide you on your journey. And so all the knights got the plan. They head out on their journey every morning, every evening. This, and uh, the king would play his song. And the king says, you can choose one companion to go with you. Mm. So each of the knights choose their companion. They head out on the journey. Um, weeks go by. Months go by. And finally, after several months, one knight and his companion make it out of the forest. Their identity is concealed. They get into the king kingdom. They get all kind of for the reveal of who it is. And uh, everybody was like, it's got to be the strongest, got to be the fastest. And maybe it's the wisest. We don't know. Who is it going to be? Um, and so finally, the reveal happens and it happened to be the wisest. And the king was perplexed. He said, well, how did you make it through the forest of the hope knots? Before the other guys. Before the other the guys. Fastest. You're not the you're fastest. Not the you're strongest. not the strongest. And no. um, the, the knight, the wisest knight said, well, it, it wasn't that they were scared. It wasn't their swords. It wasn't their bows. It wasn't. It was that they mimicked your song, king. It was confusing. And mm. he goes, the king said, well, then how did you know which direction to go? How did you know the song? He goes, because I chose my companion wisely. And the king said, well, who did you choose as your companion? And the reveal was, it was the king's son. Mm. And he said, I had your son who knew your song, play it all the time. So when you would play in the morning and you would play in the evening, I would be able to distinguish your song. 
And I think the point of that parable is we won't ever hear God's voice unless we have chosen our companion in Jesus. Ooh, that's so um, good. Because yeah. um, John 1.14 says we've seen the fullness of God's glory and mm-hmm. we see it in the face of Jesus. And so uh, oftentimes we want to hear from God, but if we're not in relationship with Jesus, we won't ever hear his voice. We talked about this a little bit before you came in this morning about how to know Mm. if it's God or if it's not God. So if God's voice comes internally, it's not this audible voice from a person that I can see standing in front of me and it's coming from inside of me. How do I know that it's not just me? That is, that's hard um, to, to, cause there's so many other things that are out there. So I was on a trip in Mexico and uh, we were part of a group. Uh, we were doing a cultural immersion experience and yeah. one of the professors from Hope College uh, was a Quaker and she noticed I kind of talked a lot. And so she just shared this principle with me that, um, so Quaker worship services are, if the spirit prompts you, then you can share something. And so they have a three prompting process that they follow. So like maybe you get a first prompting in your spirit. Um, That's probably most likely yourself or your own thoughts or could be the enemy too. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you get prompted a second time. Of the same thing. Of the same thing. Okay. And you're kind of like, well, that could be God, but maybe it's kind of still me. And then um, if you get a third prompting of the same thing, that probably is probably God trying to speak to you mm-hmm. or to speak through you. And so I've tried to incorporate that in my life. And cause I'm a pastor and I love to talk and, you know, I love to preach. And I always think I have something to offer to the, the conversation. <laughs> and so oftentimes I should be silent. Mm-hmm. And so I've practiced that with, um, and when I'm in a group setting is if I, Oh, I want to say something to that. I'm like, Nope. First prompting. Yeah. Most yeah, likely just good. Todd, not God. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, good. Second prompting, hmm, probably still Todd just wanted to hear himself talk. And then if there's a third prompting, then I'll raise my hand and mm-hmm. say, I have something to share. Yeah. And uh, I have found that to be very helpful because God often speaks through others. And if we're always talking, we might miss what God is saying through other people. So um, I don't always do it perfectly. But it, I'm, if I'm especially in group settings or sometimes God will say something to me and I'm like, okay, is that just for me? Is that for others? Yeah. Is that for the person I'm thinking about? And again, I follow that three prompting thing. That's really good. Yeah. So many times it takes God's, you know, having to say it three times for me to be obedient. Not that I was following <laughs> any kind of wise, quicker yeah. principle. I just am slow. <laughs> like, it, you know, and I do want to know that I know that yeah. I know that it's God. But I can remember a time when I was in prayer um, with somebody else and it was a group of people praying for one particular individual. And I, I got a, I got the sense that I was supposed to tell her, I got a picture in my mind's eye. Okay. Of her singing in her kitchen. And I wanted to express that to her, but I was like, nah, it's just weird. You mm. know, I'll tell you, I see you singing in your kitchen. Like that's <laughs> just weird, you know? So I didn't. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And finally it just got to be like this. I can't not tell you. And so I said, I just don't know if this means anything to you at all, but I see you singing in your kitchen and the tears just started to roll. She audibly kind of gasped and she had experienced a deep loss, lost a child in her life. And Mm. she said, I haven't sung in my kitchen since before my son's death. Wow. So she says, for you to say that you see me singing in my kitchen says to me, there is hope Mm. for my future. There's going to come a day where all the grieving that I'm experiencing now is going to 
be lifted and I'm going to get to the point where I can actually sing again. You know, Ah. I didn't know that. No, there's no way for me to have known. This is not somebody that I even knew that I was Mm. even in relationship with. So I had no way of knowing the impact Mm. of that, but God did. God does. And so, and sometimes we're driving around and God puts a name on our heart, you know, and maybe, um, you know, I was just talking with a group of guys last week and, you know, sometimes we don't obey that prompting, you know, and he says, Hey, puts a name on your heart. And then later in the day, the same name. And -hmm. and maybe he just wants you to text and say, Hey, I've been praying for you. Um, and so, um, I, I found that principle to be very helpful, um, and, and sometimes we think, I got to share that with somebody and God doesn't prompt you again. You're like, but they really need to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't prompt you. And Todd, we shouldn't approach them and say, hey, God told me yeah. that you're supposed to. Right. That, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and even if there's a third prompting, to be careful in how we do that too. So. Yeah. Always, Always, you know, want to be staying in check with the spirit. That's a great principle to keep in mind moving forward for ourselves. Mm-hmm. If we need to speak into a conversation and for, if we feel like we're getting something for somebody else, first time might just be you. Second time could still be you. Third time probably should move forward with that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.